down on Friday, shall we? You gotta get down on Friday. If you don't, don't then how can you enjoy Saturday? Yeah. (laughs) That's a prerequisite for an enjoyable Saturday. Welcome to Game of Owns. Eric's Furnace is on right now. No, it's not, because I have faith that it will be cut out every time I'll master track recording. That is true, sir. Who who does that, by the way? to be on this show is because it's the true embarrassment, the full embarrassment of living where I live and trying to be a podcast uh, a credible person. podcast person uh, <laughs> is is really just so ironic. I, I can't it 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 cannot ever be known. It's just a a masterful job that Sam does editing the show. Truly, oh, truly masterful. Yeah. You know, guys. Um, well, Zach and I probably know this a little bit better. Um, when you tell somebody not to like tag along with you if you're going on an adventure, and they tag along anyway. Yeah, you know, it, I think. On the last episode, he actually likened it to, you know, when you go and you see a, uh, a movie or a TV show and there's always that, um, that scene between two people where they're arguing about, oh, you know, stay here. Don't come with me. I'm doing this on my own. And then inevitably somewhere along the line later on, they end up coming in to help save the day, screw things up. I mean, it's a pretty long list of things that can happen, but you could just tell that when, Dunk left Egg earlier on, um, back at the inn that uh, we would probably be seeing him, and of course here he is. Not too shabby either. He seems to have groomed the horses and uh, laid out. Mm-hmm. Well, he would have put up a tent if there was a tent uh, for Dunk, and uh, really he's uh, determined to be Dunk's companion at this tournament. Yeah, he's he's so excited to be his squire that he cleaned the camp under this beautiful tree. I mean, I know we talked about it last episode how picturesque this entire thing was, but having mm, Dunk yeah. there and having Egg there together and having the uh the rapport they have between each other and the little bits of dialogue that you can only get from reading the novella of the Hedge Knight which we're really enjoying. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we're really setting ourselves up for what is going to be a soft bandying about adventure. You know what I mean? Like a lighthearted adventure is what it feels like. It's really lighthearted. You you really don't feel like, at least in this part in the story, you don't feel like much is at stake. Um, and Dunk, the reason he like allows Egg to accompany him is because like Egg really, really wants to be there. And Dunk has this power over him where he says oh, you know, I'm going to smack you for all this language. Like, don't talk down to me. You know, the first second you show that you're not that good, I'm going to kick you out. And so Dunk has, like, this this power. It's totally like um, in The Princess Bride, Good Night, Wesley, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like that, but it's Dunk and Egg. And so it's, it's George R. R. Martin, so it's pretty cool. Coming back to the camp, Dunk does have an encounter, uh, which I think is worth mentioning, especially knowing what happens next in this story. He encounters some Targaryens. Of all sorts. And I thought the Targaryens were extinct, but clearly. <laughs> no, that's not. just the dragon. You know this. Har har. <laughs> yes. You're going to get quoted har. on that, jokester. <laughs> Look at this. Eric's come full circle now. He's making jokes about the series. This is good. I didn't. Wow. <laughs> if it was a joke, it wasn't very I funny. thought it was great. Um, well placed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you well, just couldn't what hear Eric him. is talking about. <laughs> is <laughs> Dunk's trip uh, into Ashford, I guess into the tent city, and he's hanging out around the stables. Yeah, he wants to uh, be listed. That's really what it's all about. Um, the whole reason he's here, he wants to be put on the list or be on the lists uh, for the daily battles so that he can, you know, gain some gain some recognition, gain some honor. But in order to do that, you need to be prove that you're a knight, like actually. He goes to list, and they're basically like, I've never heard of you. I've never heard of Sir Arlen. <laughs> 
and you really need to find someone that can that can help you in this situation because I'm not going to be able to just sign you up. So luckily there was someone there that he knew by face and he knew by actually being able to see. So at this point in the story, I think that we assume that he's going to be able to come face to face with this guy. And it's not going to be easy, but maybe he'll come away with the fact that he's a knight. Well, I, you know, just going back to the things that Sir Arlen uh, taught Dunk about heraldry instead of teaching him maths uh and dunk we know is not very good at maths uh he he taught him about the families and this knowledge um of the families we will see time and time again come into play in this story in the way that dunk has sort of a working knowledge of how the families interact but also where sir arlen's place has been with these different families helping them out um, and so it's kind of cool, I guess, in this world to see such value and importance placed on who you know. Um, it's not necessarily all that different from the real world, I guess, but because we're seeing it in this fantasy setting, this fictional setting, it, the story is much more interesting. It's always about who you know. Yeah, but it's more interesting because it has fancy names. Of course. They're not fancy names in the 21st century. Mike is pretty fancy, I think. I know. That's a, one on, of the man. fanciest names I've heard today, honestly. Yeah. Well, there's Fossaway, Dondarian, uh, Targaryen. Dondarian is – that's fancy. That's a pretty that's cool a name. That's a fancy that name. That is a cool that's name. That's a $5 name. Ma- Manfred, Manfred Dondarian. Manfred mm-hmm. is a, a man's man. Uh, Dondarian. Manfred's the guy that Dunk needs to see, basically. If he meets up right. with Manfred, Manfred can be like, oh, I remember you, or A, I remember the night that you used to squire, so it might work. So that's the big hope as Dunk is going back towards his, I wanted to say homestead, but towards where his horses are. Speaking of fancy, I know we talked about on last episode, or more I kind of spewed lovingly because it's so exciting to have Targaryens ride into a town square. Dunk gets to see them and sort of be mistaken by one of them as a stable boy, which can you really blame a royal Targaryen riding into Ashford for doing that, right? No, you can't. This entrance of the Targaryens you know, is something I would say that probably a lot of people who have read Game of Thrones, I should say A Song of Ice and Fire, would really um, be interested in because you don't get to see a whole lot of Targaryens with the exception of Danny. Here you're, you're kind of hearkening back to older times and in walks this family that is just impressive to read. So shall I read it? Please, Micah. No, please do. Please. In whose voice? No. Your, Your voice, own. please. <laughs> My own. Not a single person Just else's. yours, Micah. I got you. Yeah. Just mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That the beautiful stripling was a prince, he had no doubt. The Targaryens were the blood of lost Valyria across the seas, and their silver-gold hair and violet eyes set them apart from common men. Dunk knew Prince Baylor was older, but the youth might well have been one of his sons. Valar, who was often called the young prince to set him apart from his father, or Bataris, the even younger prince, as old lord Swan's fool had named him once. As Dunk turned his head, a gust of wind lifted back. Sorry, let's try his that again. As, as Dunk turned his head, a gust of wind <laughs> lifted the black silk pennon atop the tall staff, oh. and the fierce three-headed dragon of House Targaryen seemed to spread its wings, breathing scarlet fire. The banner-bearer was a tall knight in white-scale armor, chased with gold, a pure white cloak streaming from his shoulders. Two of the other riders were armored in white from head to heel as well, Kingsguard knights with the royal banner. Small wonder Lord Ashford and his sons came hurrying out the doors of the keep 
and the fair maid, too, a short girl with yellow hair and a round pink face. She does not seem so fair to me, Dunk thought. The puppet girl was prettier. <laughs> Zing. Suddenly, suddenly Dunk is, is, is grading the girls that he comes into contact with. To me, it feels somewhat standard, right? You have the the nobody in Dunk who's just kind of fallen into the path of the entrance of the royal family. You know, it's something that would take place in a show or a movie, and there he is just kind of standing in awe as the Targaryens enter. So basically, Dunk has stepped into a situation where he's not only getting to see this gallant thing that we've all sort of secretly wished would unfold before our eyes, which is the Targaryens of, you can't really say old, but Targaryens in some way riding into this situation and, and having all their banners and things, because we don't really get to see that. We have Danny, But uh, he walked right into it, and he actually gets spoken to by a prince himself, which to me, it's just the way you make a story and, and make things interesting are to immediately dive people into the interesting bits. And since it's is such a short story and it's in novella form i feel like that was our thrust you know what i mean like this is our easy way to get mm -hmm. to know these people and following this when he actually goes into the citadel that's even more of a thrust into it because how often do we get to hear secret conversations with targaryen high people it's true but in this case his interaction is much less royal um or is it because he's mistaken as a stable boy the prince asks him boy let go of that nag and see to my horse <laughs> Admittedly, not what I would want to hear from a prince. I would want to hear from a prince, uh, you are knighted, sir, or here, check out my sister. And and he's got balls, though, too, because he, he says, um, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not a serving man. I'm a knight. What are you telling me to do? <laughs> he is still not a stable boy. He has the honor to be a knight. And the prince says in return, knighthood has fallen on sad days. Which is so mean. You know, this reminds me of uh, Aladdin. With uh, the prince uh, suitor coming to the castle. Prince Abubu. <laughs> <laughs> Just interacting with uh, Aladdin, the street rat. Well, Dunk's got all this gold in his pocket now from selling his horse, so he's feeling real good about himself. He does feel on top of the world. And, and Steely Pate, the great salesman that he is, the guy who promised Dunk mm. this amazingly simple armor for, I think, a pretty fair price. What was it, like 700 silver stags or something like that? Yeah, something like if that. If he traded in his armor. Now that we know Dunk has the funds, he's one short of a horse if that makes any sense but he has the money now to lead himself over and to finally pay the man well now that we know that dunk is a hedge knight in the eyes of the prince no no less i feel like this is one of our first looks at what will become bigger characters in the story but the fossaways which to me are, are awesome and i have a note that's later on in the story where it's just stefan in full caps but Stefan Fossaway <laughs> and some of his cronies are out hanging out and some things are happening. At this point, Dunk is sort of asked in a non-nice way if he wants to go ahead and fight with these people. But Dunk is kind enough to tell these Apple men uh, that he, he would rather not. Um, and, you know, he is actually respected, I think, a little bit more by Raymond uh, for saying no, because one look at Stefan will tell you all you need to know about his tactics. He's essentially breaking people way be He doesn't take practice for what practice is. He's actually kind of shooting to kill uh, out there in the training yard. And Dunk basically takes one look at this and says, yeah, that's that's too intense. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I need to be able to fight, uh, you know, come the battle when it actually happens. Plus, I'm not going to fight and show you how I fight now, so you'll be better prepared to take me on later. I'm trying to win some gold. Yeah, we didn't really understand this, I think, going into the book, or I didn't, at least. I'll speak for myself, but, um, you know, when you do end up seeing a joust, and uh, I believe 
uh, Dunk spends all of the next day watching the Joust. Um, when you're watching the Joust, it really is you have a limited field of vision when you're on your horse, and you need to make these split-second decisions based on perceived weaknesses um, you know, of your enemies. So it's exactly what you're talking about. It's it's Dunk doesn't want to give away his flaws because that can be exploited. And when you're traveling so fast, as you are when you're jousting, it's just you a know recipe. From experience? Yes, it's a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> you know, I feel like having con- and a past life. You know what I'm saying? Having concluded this book, you know, when we do get the first-hand account of a joust, uh, it it is really smart of what Dunk does here. Because um, well, Dunk doesn't have any strategy. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, there's that's that part of too. it too. I mean, I, we talked a little bit about this on the last episode, though, and part of it might just be the fact that he didn't want to give away that he's not very well equipped to. To fight in in any of these um, scenarios, and you know, think about the fact that these are people who eventually rally to his cause. At least one of them does. And if they saw early on that this kid really didn't have half a clue as to what he was doing, might have deterred them somewhat. You know, thinking ahead to some events that take place. I mean, there's nothing to showcase as of right now that Dunk is any good with a sword on a horse. Um, you know, or or in any other form of of combat. Well, we do know that he he was trained by Sir Arlen, whatever that means. Oh, but who the hell is Sir Arlen? I mean, right. he's not like he's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> he might be though. Eric made that connection. I before. think. Yes, I think it's. I think it's very likely. We still don't uh-huh. know yet. See, that's the thing. That's that's one of the mysteries of the story so far because we haven't seen Dunk in a pressing situation yet. We don't know how he's going to react to these things. He's just trying to pick up the puppeteer. <laughs> Maybe the fact that so few people remember Sir Arlen shows that he was in fact like a. Monk, like a special Obi Wan sort of Maybe. background. Then he'd be more like Yoda. Let me tell you this: I play a monk ninja. in Warcraft, and if Sir Arlen was a monk, he would have won every tournament. Is all I have to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If he knew how to play the monk right, he could he could win pretty much every. I don't know. I'd say that Sith monks would win every time, but uh, that's a whole nother level. Jedi monks would 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 do what was best for the for the galaxy. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but it is due to the fossilways, and we're talking about the fossilways a little bit here, Apple guys. Apples are their sigil, or actually one apple, um, except whether or not it's red and green points to what side of the force you're on. Yeah, and, and just before that, I mean, we get some context as to <laughs> how this tourney is going to be staged, right? Yes, uh, three nights, or sorry, three days, I should say. Right, so the, the quote from Lord Ashford was staging this tourney to celebrate his daughter's 13th name day, so that's, I guess, their equivalent of a sweet 16 three years earlier. That makes sense. Yeah, why not? Um, the fair maid would sit by her father's side as the reigning queen of love and beauty. Five champions wearing her favors would defend her. All others must perforce be challengers, but any man who could defeat one of the champions would take his place and stand as a champion himself until such time as another challenger unseated him. At the end of three days of jousting, the five who remained would determine whether the fair maid would retain the crown of love and beauty or whether another would wear it in her place. But there is money exchanging hands, I believe, at least insofar as the losers of every battle lose their armor. At least that's what Dunk is told a little later on, um, that his sword and everything you know, that he owns is going to be taken from him if he loses. Um, he decides to take that gamble, but I feel like at least there is that commerce aspect of it where somebody's making out over these battles. But for now, it's late. Uh, Dunk has only been here one full day. It's time to return to camp. Why not? Sleepy, beautiful, not? dreamy, starry camp. 
where a fateful falling star is for Dunk's eyes to see and for his eyes to wish on, not underneath a silk tent, may I add, but underneath the glow of the, the stars, which I prefer over a silk tent, I think. You touched on something too, is that, you know, he's kind of lying down for the night and he's, you know, staring up at the stars and he's thinking back on a lot of the songs that he's heard. And there are things that, you know, we've definitely heard in passing in reading a song of ice and fire, um, you know, particularly, uh, Prince Eamon the Dragon Knight, Florian the Fool, um, which gets mentioned a number of times throughout the course of this short story. And it just, it's cool the fact that, um, it, all this stuff gets tied together, right? These are these are stories that have existed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And yes, we're only a hundred years earlier than when Game of Thrones initially takes place. But you know, the fact that we're able to kind of draw connections between the two, two, I think, is uh, is pretty cool. Between the tool, <laughs> I would agree. It's it's almost like at times no time has passed at all um, because the things that we I mentioned last last time, like we bring in our knowledge, our foreknowledge, I would say, of these families into this past experience and try and gain stuff from them. Like these are the Targaryens. They often say they have the blood of the dragon. They are also uh, proud about this connection with dragons. And... Even so, I mean, when he's walking through the camp, you know, earlier that evening, he's he's passing, you know, people who are singing the bear, the bear, and the maiden fair, and there's this guy with a dancing bear, and it's like, oh, it's winter, boo, you know, we're back at Harrenhal, or... <laughs> at least the bear's dancing. At least he's dancing, he's not trying to kill Brienne. Yeah, exactly. It is a simpler time. <laughs> it's a t- it's a Much time simpler. enough where, where Dunk can ask the Kingsguard people himself. Like, he can walk right up to the White Knight and be like, hey, are you guys entering the tournament? And they can be like, no, we can't fight against our, our own people that we're sworn to protect. But, I mean, oh, yeah. we'd like to if we could. Thanks, Dunk and the Tall. They're so nice to him. And you just don't feel like that would happen with our current Kingsguard. Don't you think? Probably yeah, not. no, it's it's two totally different. I mean, the bear is happy. The king's guard's happy. Everybody's happy for the most part. Even though Dunk is not very good at the powers of deduction, uh, the person who he finds at his camp is. The first thing Dunk hears is, did you get a good price for your palfrey? Dunk is shocked. He says, how did you know I'd sold her? And Egg, who is this kid, says, you rode off and walked back, and if robbers had stolen her... You'd be more angry. Yeah, and this is a, a great situation where I get to read to our listeners a little bit of detail about Dunk's new armor, okay? He paid for it with the Ooh. horse money, and this this is what it was like. He says, if you're ever to be a knight, you'll need to know good steel from bad. Look here. This is fine work. This mail is double chain. Take notes, people. Each link bound to two others. See? It gives more protection than a single chain. And the <laughs> helm pates round at the top. See how it curves? A sword or an axe will slide off where they might bite through a flat top helm. You know, I never thought about that. I've always wanted to ride into battle, Eric, with a flat top helm. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it is. It would be fraught with peril. It would be. And also, he says, there's air holes. Visors are points of weakness. So he has air holes in his helmet rather than a visor. I think that Dunk is shooting to kill for this tournament. Like at this point, you're like, he's going to have new armor. 
Like he sold uh, an extra horse that he didn't need. He's got gold. He's able to buy beer for people that he wants to hang out with. Like this is so far going really well. He even got a squire for free that he really only has to feed. But he's all excited. Like you're saying, he's like, we're going to go into uh, the tourney grounds tomorrow. We're going to get some oats and we're going to get some fresh bread. We're going to get maybe a little cheese. You know, we're going to we're going to go all out here. On the morrow, you'll come with me. Have a look at the tourney grounds. We'll buy oats for the horses <laughs> and fresh bread for ourselves. Mm. Is there an maybe echo? I heard one. Maybe a bit of cheese as well. They were selling cheese, good cheese at one of the stalls. Good but, cheese. Not that moldy cheese. shit. Not that moldy. None of that Listen, blue cheese. good cheese stuff. is moldy though, I hear. They just scraped the uh, mold off. Yeah, you're probably right. Some Gruyere's cheese. Egg is hesitant, mm. guys, and this is something that I think I would have overlooked um, had I not known what is coming. He replies, I won't need to go in the castle, will I? Question mark. Clue number one, or big clue number one. <laughs> yeah, what eager boy such as Egg would turn down the chance to go into the castle? Here's a guy who hitched a ride. You know, hitchhiking is illegal. Uh, all the way up to this tournament from the inn. Left his previous paying job, too, as the stable boy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the, the inn at the Prancing Pony when you paused there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's one thing standing in Dunk's way. We're talking excitedly about this tournament, and it's fun. Like The reason we're, we're joking around with each other during this episode is because that's the tone of this story. It really is so light and so fun, even though it's still based in the same universe that we know to be so cruel at times. Uh, right now, it stays pretty lighthearted. Until... We move on to our next part of the story, which is finally meeting face-to-face with Sir Manfred, the man of House Dondarrion, right? The purple lightning, all of that good stuff. We need to get his blessing. We need for him to say, oh, you definitely are a knight. I remember Sir Arlen of Pennytree, but that's not really what happens, unfortunately. He says, nope, know him not, nor you, boy. Here's how Dunk leads, and this is exactly what you said. Sir Arlen served your lord father when he and Lord Karen burned the Vulture King out of the Red Mountains, sir. I was only a boy then, but I squired for him, Sir Arlen of Pennytree. Dude, if your father killed the Vulture King, scoured him out, or burned him out of the Red Mountains, wouldn't you pay more attention to that? That's That seems like a big mega victory for... Sir Manfred's father. Sir Manfred says, though, Eric, my lord father took 800 knights and near 4,000 foot into the mountains. I cannot be expected to remember every one of them, nor what shields they carried. So the little people don't matter, okay? All right, don't be so hopeful, all right? This is still a song of ice and fire. Let's get real here. And then he tries to pull out the trump card more. He's like, you know what? I I can't go back without having him vouch for me. Gotta do something here. I remember your father telling the camp how your house got its sigil one stormy night as the first of your line bore a message across <laughs> the Dornish marches. An arrow killed his horse beneath him and spilled him on the ground. Two Dornishmen came out of the darkness in ring mail and crested helms. His sword had broken beneath him when he fell. When he saw that, he thought he was doomed. But as the Dornishmen closed to cut him down, lightning cracked from the sky. <laughs> enter all of our lightning and thunder impressions it was a bright burning purple and it split striking the dornishmen in their steel and killing them both where they stood oh no the message gave the storm king victory over the dornish and in thanks he raised the messenger to lordship he was the first lord dondarian so he took for his arms a forked purple lightning bolt 
on a black field powdered with stars. Dunk thought this tale would impress Sir Manfred. He could not have been more wrong. <laughs> Every pot boy and groom who has ever served my father hears that story sooner or later. <laughs> Guys, they need to make a TV show out of this. There are so many um, lead-ups and setbacks and hopefulness and hopes lost. And he says, be gone with you, sir. This is, as we said, Dunk's only hope at night knighthood or being recognized and being able to participate yeah he's screwed he's up shit's creek with armor with with <laughs> armor on and nothing and to he's steer with <laughs> and he's got also egg and in the small canoe and it's just treacherous waters if you could call it that <laughs> there is a little bit as we know of uh fortuitous destiny happening with dunk he is going to have to go back to the steward and try and and kind of beg him to be to, to recognize him, um, but when he goes to the turret chamber and look in in search of the steward, um, the steward's not there, and he decides instead he's going to try and enter Ashford Castle and look for the steward there. Hey, maybe he's just walking around or the grounds and that sort of thing, and he ends up in the middle of a very important conversation yeah i mean who would have thought that dunk would have walked straight into a convo with the hand of the king himself right because we didn't even know prince Baylor was here we didn't know specifically that this was going to be that high profile of an event but the the facts and information leading up to this moment are substantial and i feel like they were staring us in the face all along but i definitely didn't expect him to walk in there i thought it was going to be lesser princes because i knew there were so many oh yeah yeah it's a tournament there's tons of people here from all different families and edges of the you know area um but for it to be the hand of the king and they're talking about these other targaryens eris rigel darian is the one who has disappeared they're searching for uh, Darian, who's the uh, son of Mycar, I believe. Who's there as well. Yes, who is also there. And so it's really just a who's who of the Targaryens. As you said, though, it's it's this kind of uh, storytelling that, that moves everything forward. Right. Is you, you put, instead of having 15 other point of view characters to channel the narrative through, you have Dunk just showing up in the middle of a, a hall where they where they are. Yeah. Well, it, it's clear that they want some sort of representation from their family that they can, that they feel would do them, um, justice really in, in this kind of a tournament. And, um, it's not just Darren who is missing. Um, it's also Aegon. Um, it's noted that two of the Targaryens are not anywhere to be found. And it's clear that their family, or at least members of their family, um, who will be revealed shortly are, are are looking for them. So where are they? When are they going to show up? I just think it's interesting that this all happened on the way to the tournament. It really gives some perspective and scale to the amount of travel and uh, time allotment it takes to attend and to pull these kinds of things off. And that's why I didn't really think that the Hand of the King would be there himself. But it's really cool sort of getting to know this guy because when, when Dunk is just sort of just let into the castle because he's a knight, it's not a big deal. Uh, he's at first getting dismissed by Makar and by Lord Ashford because they're just like, who is this guy? I mean, look at the state of him. He's got nothing that makes him deserve to be here, like visible. Physically, he shouldn't be here, and first impressions are kind of everything. But for Baylor, it's not the case. You know, he seems like he's a better guy just right off the bat. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think we grow to like him throughout the course of the story. And, you know, it, it's kind of like with any family, there's 
there's the good apples and the not so good apples and the rotten apples. <laughs> and the green apples. There's there's a lot of apples and not fossaways. I'm talking figuratively <laughs> speaking in this uh in this family and I think you grow attached to certain members um throughout our reading this. At least I did. It's hard not to because Dunk entered this conversation in desperation. And when he's found out, he is able to make his plight known to these guys. He says, I asked Sir Manfred Dundarian to vouch for me so I might enter the lists, but he refuses. He says he knows me not. Sir Arlen served him, though I swear it, I have his sword and shield. And he gets into it a little here. Um, Lord Ashford, who is who is with them, says a shield and sword do not make a knight. Um, even if we accept that these arms belong to Sir Arlen, it may be that you found him dead and stole them, unless you have better proof of what you say. And now the man in the high seat, who we were saying is Baylor, right, um, says, I remember Sir Arlen of Pennytree. He never won a tourney that I know, but he never shamed himself either. Um, and he's able to tell this story about 16 years ago, overthrowing Lord Stokeworth and the Bastard of Harrenhal. <laughs> Gee, wonder who that is. Um, many years before at Lannisport, he unhorsed the Grey Lion himself. The lion was not so gray then, to be sure. And Dunk says, oh yeah, I know that story. And the tall man says, then you'll know the gray lion's name, won't you? His true name. <laughs> right. And Dunk is like, remembering his history, remembering all the things that Arlen told him. Uh, 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 Damon Lannister! Ding, 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 it's Damon. the win. He's the next, he's the Hi, next, I'm uh, David. Hello. <laughs> strongest link. <laughs> Hello, Damon. Cross podcast joke. Um, <laughs> Matt Damon's no, here. <laughs> yeah, Damon's here now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. A, it reminded me of though when um they were saying this to him that you remember the scene from Clash of Kings right after Blackwater is won and and the Lannisters claim victory and they're knighting all these different people you know just because and it's just you you think about that it's like well what does it take really to be knighted so uh, you can understand why they would call this into question because clearly Dunk just looks like your average Joe. He's a little taller and, and muscular and built, but who's to say that this is some knight that's worthy of you know competing? You don't know. Okay, but on the other hand, it is spectacle. And so you got this kid who wants to lay his life on the line for a little bit of honor and glory. But that could just mean you're stupid. Doesn't mean well, if you're he a sucks, knight. he'll get. If he sucks, he'll get destroyed. But it'll be entertainment for everybody watching. Shouldn't so you have to earn this knighthood though by competing. You need to be a knight. You need to have said the vows, which are really important. Um, and a septon should be. And present. now my watch is. On. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a septon should be present. Um, should be always. Isn't, is, septon isn't, should always be isn't present. Isn't always. Then that's that's the problem that Dunk is having. Is I at he, least bring three or four septons when I go out. I don't know about <laughs> you. <laughs> of course. I don't always bring septums, but when I do, I take four. I feel like the quiz, though, about the Grey Lion was kind of an unofficial way to kind of check if his story was bullshit. And at the end of the day, if he wasn't knighted by Sir Arlen officially, what's it going to hurt? I think that's what Prince Baylor is kind of getting at with this whole thing. Like, let the guy compete, clearly. Like, I'm Hand of the King. I made my way here, all the way here. Like, he seems like a good enough dude. I'm a decent judge of character. Be on with you. But it, it also shows that Baylor is, uh, you know, he's he's knowledgeable. He's the statesman, right? And then he knows even Sir Arlen of Pennytree, whereas, you know, some 
jocked up Dondarian couldn't even <laughs> jocked, jocked up. up. Now I've just thought of him like this. <laughs> like, don't I don't this. know. Lal, don't. My father has 800 men and 40 foot into that mountain. No, but uh, I think it just speaks to, you know, the knowledge of Baylor Targaryen and the fact that he is aware of somebody who is made out to be at least in, you know, the early goings of this story as insignificant as Sir Arlen of Pennytree. Is it wrong that this scene, guys, was one of my favorites that I've read in any of his writings to do with this universe so far? No, I'm finding that too. I'm finding that all over this book. I was just, because you love Dunk so far. You know, you've gotten to know him. We're, we're a decent way into the story now in our second part of uh, reviewing it here on this podcast. And I just feel like we know Dunk and the fact that he is met face to face with someone that we know is very important. I mean, it's a big deal to be where he is and to not be smacked for just looking at him in the face, let alone saying all of these things and contending how many lances were broken and all of that stuff. But we got to see a scene where our lowly person that was burying his master, essentially, at the very beginning, is now face-to-face with the guy who's second in command of the entire kingdom. So this is cool, and it gives us a really cool starting point moving forward in the story. Like, if these are the sorts of people that he's interacting with, like, this is going to be a pretty heavy hittery story. Like, we're going to see important people throughout the rest of it. And even the question is posed to him, how can you possibly remember some insignificant hedge knight who chanced to unhorse Damon Lannister 16 years ago? <laughs> right. And he says, I make it a practice to learn all I can of my foes. And I just, such it's badass. Just yeah. fucking badass. Yeah, it, it, it is. is. Like, you really, like, I like this dude. And honestly, I, I think that they're all cool in their own way like they they don't have to act certain ways in front of this guy like makar understands that the way he behaves toward dunk doesn't matter because dunk is not important but lord baylor or excuse me your grace (laughs) he treats everyone i feel like with the amount of respect that they deserve in that moment which is promising and all the characters in westeros we know have multiple names all the prominent ones baylor's full uh, name and title listing is as follows Baylor Targaryen, Prince of Dragonstone, Hand of the King, and heir apparent to the Iron Throne of Aegon the Conqueror. Um, so that's, as you say, Baylor is, is, is pretty badass. He's second in command. Just before he's sent away from all of these men, he is given a little bit of advice after showing the chalice and showing Sir Arlen's sigil. Baylor is like, listen. You're going to need to change your sigil, by the way, because that's definitely not yours. So that's a little bit of advice moving forward. Out you go. So he heads out. He he goes away. He finds his way close to the puppeteer again. What a surprise. And finds out that she's the one that actually has done all of the art on these amazing puppet displays. So he then asks her, I'll pay you a little bit of the stuff that I got from selling my horse if you create me a new sigil. So they decide that it's going to be the tree from their camp. Which, oh, that's cute. That makes sense, right? <laughs> and then you've got the shooting star that he saw at night, and you've got just the beautiful tree. You know, when Dunk is making up his own sigil, she asks him, uh, what colors do you want on this? And he says, what color paint do you have? He's very, he's, he's very nondiscreet, doesn't he? Doesn't, doesn't he know you can mix colors, right? I mean, come on, dude. She says, she says, I can make, I can mix paints to make any color you want, but, but here's how, like, non-specific. He doesn't care. It's just that one of the Targaryens stepped him aside and says, you know, it, it's illegal for you to be carrying somebody else's sigil. you got to get your own. He just – he doesn't really have any real aspiration. Like, the tree – the shooting star gave him hope, and that's why it becomes his sigil. 
you know, and, and it's just kind of, it's really innocent. It's really, really innocent. We, we aren't being raised as a child in the Bolton family where you always learn that your sigil is the flayed man. You know, it's, it's instead you, ha you have this guy teaching you who's this, his sigil's this cup with wings and you're now his, you know, knight, his protege. And you have to add, you have to embellish, and you're going to add a tree and a falling star to it. Yeah. It's very innocent. And it's kind of juxtaposed to the story that he tells earlier, right, about the Dondarians and, and how their sigil came to be. His is more, I just got to pull this out and, and, and give it to this girl to draw on it, you know, to paint on a shield, right? It's it's not as exciting of a story behind it. I mean, I think that the, the, Another reason going into it that it's easier is if he fails, nobody's going to care. There's a great likeliness or likelihood that he's going to fail. Um, or that, you know, as we see later, when he meets battle, <laughs> the sigil gets kind of chopped off anyway, or worn off or rubbed off in, in the heat of the moment. So he can always just etch a sketch, start over. I think it's cool that he's not worried about the flourish of these kinds of things, that he's literally just going into this with the idea to win, get some money and move on. Like he realized it's a slow grind. He, he didn't go into the tournament planning to rub shoulders and make friends with the in crowd. You know what I mean? Like he went into right. this trying to keep his head down, seeing what needed to be done in order to enter the tournament. He's entering on the third day even. You know, like he's not trying to get out there and, and to make a big show of things. He just wants to get in and out. But as things happen in stories that we read, our characters are thrust into some of the more interesting predicaments. And so we did go face to face with the hand of the king and some of his family. And uh now we're meeting Tansel Too Tall, as the boys used to call her. And it's like full circle. We finally walked into the, the, the tournament. He noticed this girl. Now she's working with him on the thing that Prince Baylor told him that he should fix. So it's cute in a way, right? It is cute. He says, you're not too tall. You're just right for, uh, uh, and she says, four. <laughs> she cocks her head and he says, puppets. He finished lamely. That's like something I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so this is where we leave you today. Uh, soft spokenly. Uh, soft topically on puppets. Dunk puppets. is going to be heading into a very exciting tournament moving forward. It is Friday. We are salivating for the rest of the story, of course. Uh, the rest of it will return Monday. And some of you have read all the way to the end, much like us. And it's hard to stop here, but I'm afraid our time has run out, sort of, for our evening. But we will not leave you without addressing our owns of what we've read so far. And this, our second part of The Hedge Knight. Who has the honor? My own must go to Prince Baylor. He says, you wish to enter the lists, is that it? <laughs> he says, the decision rests with the master of games, but I see no reason to deny you. So he has the inn that Dunk has been looking for. <laughs> he's the inn you want, I'm afraid. <laughs> he's the, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's very good. He's very, very good. I just think that this showing an act of kindness, at first I was concerned that they were like talking to this kid because he's a kid because he's so young. But then I remembered that in this world, you know, it's actually a pretty big deal um, to be as old as Dunk is. Um, so that wasn't it. And then I just thought it's still a nice thing that Baylor is doing, taking this kid's wishes into account and allowing him to participate because, you know, first of all, and, and knowing the story anyway of the Grey Lion, um, verifying it and then being the one who vouches for Dunk. We know, we see that Dunk falls on the wrong side of the Targaryens, at least some of them, later in this story, and the fact that he is on the right side with this one, the Hand of the King, no less, um, makes it important. I think so. 
I think that was a very good own. Baylor deserves our owns today, I'm afraid. But I will not give him my own. <laughs> my own instead will go to Dunk for seemingly unlikely Lee ing climbing the social ladder very quickly. I mean, he went into this thing with a hemp uh, sword belt. And now he's walking away <laughs> from the castle with the Lord, Sir Ashford. His face just dropped, his jaws to the floor. That's just even happened. Makar's not too happy about it, but at the end of the day, he doesn't care. Um, Dunk's walking away with, like Eric said, he's walking away with the blessing of second in command. And I think that's a big deal. So, Dunk, I don't know how you did it. George must have helped you a little bit. Uh, he did write it all and give you this future. So you deserve an own for this episode particularly because, sir – you have begun what is your future and your legend in this universe. And I think for that, we are all very jealous. You know, it was all those uh, Malords. If he had said my Lord, they would have been offended. Of course. Yeah, you know, I thought about Baylor. I thought about just the whole Dondarian backstory, um, which we read earlier. Ooh. But I'm going to give it to Egg. <laughs> okay. Dunk asks him, you know how to scour mail? And he says, in a barrel of sand. But you don't have a barrel. Did you buy a pavilion too, sir? He's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's just he's sarcastic. He's he gets under his skin. And later on, like Dunk thinks, like, you know, that boy is too good. He's too bold for his own good. I don't want to beat that out of him. And to think, like, knowing who Egg is, like Dunk really wants to think about beating him. Mm -hmm. Probably wouldn't go over too well. Well, I, I just think it shows volumes of, of Dunk's supreme intelligence. Like, not supreme in the sense that he knows everything, but supreme for his age and size and for where he was found. He clearly does not fit the bill. And Dunk the Lunk, I wish you would have noticed this earlier, man. You would uh, you would definitely not be faced with some of the problems you are later on in the story. But uh, just take a, look at the, take a look at Egg. You know, like, he is very witty beyond his years. Take a hint, buddy. Yeah. I just, the revelations don't stop coming. I just thought of something else that came up later, but it's for later, but it's for later, and we will save it for later. Well, if you would uh, like to send us your own owns from the first, well, about, I'd say, 25 or so pages of The Hedge Knight, um, at least where we are in the story, you can do so in a variety of ways. Isn't that right, Eric? That's right. Nicely done. If you want to tweet us your owns, that is the most common way that we get owns is on Twitter, twitter.com slash gameofowns, just at replies, at gameofowns, with your own. That's all it takes. Yes, that is all it takes. Alternately, on Facebook, you can scrawl upon our wall. We will uh, often post there asking for your owns and thoughts of what we are reading. That is at facebook.com slash gameofowns. And finally... You can email us at any time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The phone lines are now open, uh, or the email lines are now open. <laughs> Contact at gameofowns.com. Yes, we will be catching up on your owns then. I think the plan is to to see how the tournament talk goes, because we all know that that's coming, and that's probably the most exciting part of this story, I think. It's, it's fun and action-packed and filled, and it's got some great falling action. So depending on how Monday goes... Um, we may be wrapping it up then. It may it may last until Wednesday, though, because there's a nice chunk ahead of us. So curb your owns thusly. Send us everything. We're going to catch up on some of them on Monday, so it'll be a fun time. Don't be afraid to say hello. Yeah, and we'll be sure to include some of the uh, reviews that we've gotten on iTunes. It is the month of February for one more day. Still. Which means nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We'll see what happens in March, but, you know, we're still in February. So, uh, as well as comments from uh, winnerscoming.net and hypable.com where we post these shows, 
We do read through all comments. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you on Monday. That was Mike Tannenbaum. And that was Eric Skull, which leaves only Zach Louie. That's me. Uh, sleep well. That's you. Everyone, tidings of joy upon your weekend. News and things to talk about Monday, okay? May you on be blessed Monday. with many camel balls. We promise. Good night. <laughs>